0: Hi, Pastor Greg here. I'm the pastor of the Jordan Assembly of God Church in Jordan, Montana. I'm very excited to introduce a brand new series, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Thank you so very much for being a part of this podcast and listening to this. I hope that you enjoy this series. So without further introduction, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Let's pray, shall we? Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. I pray, Lord God, that we may have a wonderful time going through your word and learning more about you. In your name I pray, amen, amen. I'm going to start out this morning in 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 20. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward those who are Christ at his coming. And then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death, for he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. Now when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Let's pray. Lord God, I want to thank you for who you are and what you do. I want to thank you for, for your word. And I pray, Lord God, that we may just have a wonderful time today. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. And yes, I did praise twice, but it was in the groove. Okay, it's all I'm saying. It was in the groove. <laughs> all right. So we are in part five uh, of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. Which kingdom do you choose? If you want to follow this this series, you want to listen to it, you can go to agjordanmt.com. You'll find the links to uh, all the the podcasts, and you can find the podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and you can also watch the videos on YouTube. So we do post to Facebook, but um, more than more than oftentimes, if you go to agjordanmt.com, you'll find a lot of the links there. Prior to any posting so in part five of jesus christ the messiah which kingdom do you choose now we read first corinthians 15 20 through 28 and paul establishes a definition and expounds upon the messiah being ruler over all and the reasons why he's a ruler over all and also he makes it very very clear that jesus is not the, is the one that is kind of accepted which means he's he's outside of that realm he stands over the top so he's not in like he's putting all everything underneath his footstool okay he's not the one under the footstool which is kind of very very important which is that terminology Paul is making a distinction between Jesus the Christ the Messiah this is very important if you come underneath the heading of that the Messiah was human and was just a normal leader. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ is the Savior. It is through Jesus that we find salvation for all people no matter who you are whether or not you are jew or gentile whether or not you're uh, of any lineage or any of any race we all come to god through jesus because it is through jesus we find life just as all people found death through adam and the decision that was made so sin entered into the world and brought death jesus entered into the world and forgave sin Okay, so Paul is making a distinction, and so which kingdom do you choose? So what is going on here is the confirmation of prophecies that have been made. Now remember that prophecy can only be told by God and because God is the giver of all knowledge, but he can also, he's the only one to reveal knowledge as well too and so he is the one that reveals the knowledge and so the um as i've constantly said that really quite honestly the belief that that in god the belief in jesus it is not the jumping off point people like to argue about the bible but the bible is not the jumping off point the jumping off point is do you believe that god sent his son to die on the cross that he prophesied that and that he allowed people to actually deliver that message and through his prophecies are you willing to believe and trust that god did that and that's really your jumping off point because the bible you want facts about the bible and give you facts about the bible the people that say, oh, the Bible's not true, whatever, and they come up with all these translations, and they come up with all these things. And, and I'm going to tell you right now that the Bible is categorically true. It has remained and stood the test of time categorically. But remember that belief is what drives what we follow, not fact. Like, wait a minute, Greg, that doesn't make any sense. Here's the thing. Constantly and continually, I have seen fact presented, categorically good fact, and people turn from the fact and they will choose to believe their own facts, their own truths, their own reasoning, what makes sense to them. So the jumping off point is do you believe in God? Do you believe that God sent his son to die on the cross? And are you willing to allow that to happen? That's your jumping off point. Arguing scripture is not going to get you anywhere because the scripture continually and constantly continually remains to be true. So, the confirming of prophecy, Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. Let's see if all my bookmarks take me into close to the place. I had this grand plan. I was going to come up here and put bookmarks in all the different Bible verses that I had. And um, uh, I did not accomplish that, so just saying. So in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. Almost here. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it, and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And then once again in Daniel Daniel 2, 44 through 45. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king. What will come to pass after this? The dream is certain and its interpretation certain. Now, this, this is obviously a, a greater uh, reveal, but this was given by a dream coming from God, given to Nebuchadnezzar, and given to Daniel to interpret. Remember, God is the giver and revealer of prophecy. And then we have in Daniel 7, Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom, listen to this, is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. This was given by God via a dream and vision, as well as expounded upon within the vision that Daniel was receiving at this point in time. So, this then we're gonna we're gonna time jump, so I hope you drank good a whole lot of water and you're all prepared so you don't get the stomach ache and get a whirlwind because we're gonna jump ahead several hundreds of years at this point from Daniel on, and we're gonna go to Luke, and now we are. Using the Gospels, basically, are, are is the written confirmation of the prophecies that Jesus did. They, the whole entire purpose of the Gospels is to prove that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, in multiple different ways, and in multiple different aspects, and multiple different um, things, and coming at it from different perspectives so that no one can actually look at this when they look at the stuff that's going on and they look at and they search out the prophecies that are, that have been fulfilled and say, "Oh, well that's just one person's interpretation." No, no. There are several accounts. They're like, "How can a how can a person die on the cross and then rise again? How can that happen?" Jesus was seen by over 500 people. God is verifiable if you are willing to look for it. God is searchable. You can search for God and find him. You can knock and the door will be opened. You can actually seek and find. So, jumping ahead in Luke chapter 1. And looking at verses 32 through 33. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Now notice That the messiah is not here just to reign over one nation the messiah is here to reign over the whole world all dominions and then we have john 3 16 through 21 i still remember when a good friend of mine came up to me i i really appreciate people sharing these scriptures and and different viewpoints and uh and and he said you know, Greg, you really shouldn't just stick with John 3.16. You should go beyond John 3.16 and continue to read because the importance of John 3.16 is continued on through. And and so, so if, if you ever wonder, do I listen to these verses and do I listen to them? Yes, I do. Um, and I'm still learning just like everybody else. This is nobody over another person here. We're all saved by Jesus. Okay. So in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Once again, remember when we read in 1 Corinthians, Jesus is putting all things underneath his feet. Okay? He's putting all things underneath his feet. Well, how is he doing that? the, The verse, the grace and the mercy that is coming down through is the let all people who are willing to listen to the truth of Jesus Christ come to know God through Jesus and acknowledge him through Jesus and have that hope of salvation. There is coming a day when judgment will be made. You do not want to be a part of that judgment. That is not something that you want to be. But this is not a message about about well do you want to go to heaven or go to hell okay that's not what this conversation is about this is a conversation about the fact of do you believe that god created heaven and earth do you believe that god sent his son to die on the cross do you believe that god raised him from the dead and if if just by a little sliver that you understand that there's something greater than what is going on in your day-to-day life if you can take that little seed that little mustard seed of wonder and actually place your faith in the, the creator of heaven and earth and understand that just maybe just possibly that the problems that going on in the world today was not what it was supposed to be And that God has a plan for you, and that God has a plan for your life. And the only thing that He's waiting for is that one little thing of being able to acknowledge the fact that I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, and that I can come to know God through Him. That my sin is forgiven, and by that, I can live as a new creation. This is the gospel but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. What is this? We're talking about a willingness to say I am wrong. Talking about a willingness to say I don't have it all together. Talking about a willingness to basically say there is actually something that that is more important and higher than I am. And when you take that on, when you understand that, the relationship with God through Jesus makes so much sense to understand that there is something that is greater than we ourselves. And then we start understanding that really, quite honestly, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is the key to learning how to love your neighbor as yourself. If you've ever told yourself man there's there's not a whole lot of uh, courtesy going on anymore there's not a whole lot of people thinking about one another anymore there's not a whole lot of people that is really forgiving one another there's a whole lot of judging that is going on if you've ever said that to yourself if you ever heard that or seen that that is the critical judgmental thinking of exactly what the world does and Jesus says, do not judge lest you be judged for the manner in which you judge, you will be judged. So you're like, well, I have, I have seen, I, it's not just people out in the world. I've seen people in the churches judging. I've seen people going on. And I said, yeah, I know, because we're human beings. And we do things that are wrong, even though we know that we need to do something different. And that happens. But just because people are acting that way doesn't mean that that's what God wants us to act like. God wants us to actually treat one another lovingly. There is a loving way to instruct. There is a loving way to stand for what is right and what is wrong. There is a loving way that, that can actually minister the gospel of light in, a, in the darkness of the world and not stand in judgment of because that is not what we are meant to do. We are not to stand in judgment of, but rather we are meant to shine a light in the darkness. There is fear. You know what brings about fear? Darkness. There's hopelessness. You know what brings about hopelessness? Darkness. There's a lack of identity. You want to know why? Because people are denying the very one that created them that gives them the identity of who they are. Who are you? You're a child of God. Who are you? You're created in the womb. Who are you? You're created to learn and to follow and to serve God. And when you put aside what we were created for, and you try to come up with your own identity, there's a whole lot of lost people. Like, well, what does that mean? That just seems so far out there, Greg. That just seems so kind of, well, kind of weird. And it may, and I understand that, I get that. However, here's the thing. You do have purpose. You do have identity. You do have a reason for living. Where is that found? It's found in the very creator, the one who created you, the one who always loves you. He's known as the good, good father. He is, he is the one who, seeing an issue, sent his son to die on the cross. And that son didn't stay dead. but was raised from the dead. And because of that, we have the hope of salvation. It's like, well, Greg, I don't, I don't fully, completely grasp all of that. And I get that. I understand that. But if you're willing to, it's like, be, before I go into this, let me, let me just address some facts. Is there versions and things out there about Christianity, about following after Christ, about everything that is wrong? there are those things that are wrong because they have gotten away from the one viewpoint, and that is Jesus Christ is the one who saves. It is by Jesus Christ that we find salvation. So I want to clarify. It is a relationship through God, through Jesus, that we're talking about. We're not talking about following a particular viewpoint. We're not talking about following a a certain opinion, but we're talking about following God through Jesus. Because that's the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you're willing to actually say, you know what, I want to know more about that Jesus, I want to know more about following after God, that's the purpose of the gospel. That's the purpose of the message. Ephesians 6 10 through 12. And those who have been a part of my defense class will understand this one. Maybe even, could possibly even quote most of it. And it says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Which kingdom are you going to choose? Are you going to go for God's kingdom? Grace, mercy, peace? Or the kingdom of the world which is basically oh you can solve your own problems you can do all these things in the power of your mind it's like well people can do a lot of stuff i'm not saying that people do not accomplish things because that would just be silly to say that people do accomplish a lot of things however here's the problem is that when they when they do it just in and just make things work There are things that normally will walk over other people or they will they will bring down other things and other people while they do it when I fix my own problems you know how I can fix my own problem one of the major things that I can do when somebody is hurting me one of the things I can do is I can just say I don't care I don't care I don't care what they say about me I don't care what they do to me I don't care I just don't care well, what happens that i don't care spreads to everything in life it spreads to how you treat your parents it spreads to how you treat your friends it spreads to how you treat your co-workers how you treat your managers it spreads to all this the i don't care You're like no greg that that's not true i i just don't want to I, I don't want to care about this situation And i'm going to tell you that the problem with that is it does spread It's a reality that you may not see right now, but it will spread to other things. Well, Greg, what is your way? Well, before I tell you exactly this, let me explain something to you. I grew up being made fun of. I grew up the only one in the the classroom sitting by myself at the lunch table. I grew up not having any friends. I grew up being ridiculed. I grew up I was wearing glasses so thick that honestly if my contacts left all I have to do it's pretty simple All I gotta do is just take a coke bottle cut off the top of them and put them over my eyes and that's basically how I would see because that's how thick my glasses were they were just really thick so I grew up being called four eyes so before I say these things please understand I've walked the road of tears and Crying into my pillow. I've walked the road of wanting to know who I was. So, what is my way? I tried the I don't care piece, by the way. Tried it. It affected my relationship with my parents, it affected my relationship with my wife, it affected my relationship with my kids until God really, truly got a hold of me and started really, truly changing me in such, in, in such some major ways. When you put down and you start learning to care, understanding that it is not what people say to you that can affect you because God is the one that has you protected. God is the one that has your identity. Once you understand that, and you're like, Greg, that just sounds really, really weird. I know. But like I said, if you're willing to, with the mustard seed, and just be willing to trust just a little bit, you find the relationship within Jesus. Your security is not found in what people say about you. Your security and your confidence is not found in how people think of you. Your security and confidence is found in the fact that God loves you. And I know God doesn't make junk. And you're not junk. You're important, you're a person, and you have something to do. You have an identity. So do not allow the people around you take that away. But I'm not telling you to say, I don't care. What I'm saying is learn to care for them out of the foundation of the love of Christ in you. And if even a little bit of that, it's like, I'm interested in that. Let me tell you something about salvation. Very simple. The Bible says this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. You have a relationship with God through Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. That's it. Period. Put a dot on that. Are there other things? Sure. You want to talk about those other things? If you make that decision, I am more than willing to talk to you about those other things. But I'm not going to talk to you about anything else but that one thing because that is the the thing. Are you willing to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and find forgiveness and find a real true life and find a purpose? Which kingdom are you going to go for? You want to know what the statutes of the Lord God can really be summed up with? It's by having a heart that is inclined after God. Having a heart and mind that listens to what God is saying. So when I wake up in the morning and I set forth my day and I have all my responsibilities, and there are quite a few, and I do this, you know what the one things that I majorly do? I put them before God first and I allow God to establish my day from that point on. And that is how I actually establish and putting God first. Do I do all the normal things? Yes, I do. But I have my prayer and my Bible reading first. I'm going to end in James chapter 2, verse 18. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. What does this mean? Your relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus is about you going out and living it. It's about you allowing your life to actually minister. It is not, you cannot be saved by works. Very clear. But your relationship with God gives you ability to be able to do the work To love one another. A big thing about the relationship with Jesus is the fact that in our relationship, as we serve, as we do, there are things that are going on. And Jesus made this comment that says, love your enemy. And I've, I've made mention that through the years. I think, I, I think honestly, if you ask any person that has been in this church for the past 10 years or even past several years or whatever, you're going to ask, Greg, ha, has Greg ever mentioned about the fact of loving your enemies? I think it's a pretty constant and consistent thing. Why do I say that? Because it's one of the hardest things to actually do. How can you love people that are being mean to you? How can you love people that are, that are being cruel to you? How can you love people who are not doing what is right? And I'm going to say that the only way to love them is by learning what God's love is for you. Because when you learn about who God's love is for you, then you can give love for it. You show me your faith without works. You know what that that looks like? That looks like the people that say, I'm going to church, I'm a Christian, and whatever, but they're rude, and they're mean, and they push people down, and they don't treat other people the way they should be treating. That's what that means. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. What does that look like? A person who is humble before God, who allows the spirit of God that lives within you to actually minister the love of Christ to the people around. That's what that looks like. That is what that looks like. It's a different mindset. It's a different thing so for those that can say well I've seen Christians do this and I can see Christians do this and whatever and they're on their own path I'm not gonna say who they are I'm not gonna say where they are they're on their own path but I'm gonna tell you that a follower of Jesus the Christ the Messiah is one who loves they love do they get angry sure they get angry Do they get upset sure they get upset do they get frustrated? Yeah, they get frustrated. Do they get hurt? Yes, they get hurt. But in the end, they love. That is the distinction. Follow after Jesus. Question, which kingdom do you choose? We will go into Joshua, which is a really, really deep subject, and I really, truly want to I, I dig into that next week. Um, Joshua 24, 14 through 15. I'd actually uh, challenge anybody to actually just read Joshua 24 this week, if you would like, and just kind of go through it and, and read it. It's a very interesting portion, um, very interesting time of Joshua. And if you get really interested, look up Joshua. Look up who he is. Look up who he learned from. Look up all those things. Search out the scriptures. Find the scriptures. Get into the word of God. See what See what that's all about. Let's pray. Lord God, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for this time. I pray, Lord God, that we may all have that relationship with you, Lord God, through Jesus, and that we may find that relationship with you, and that we may learn, Lord God, what it means to truly, truly follow after you. That when we pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. When we pray that prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Which kingdom do we choose? May you be glorified in our hearts and our minds, Lord God. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and taking the time. I hope that you enjoyed this series. If you would like to follow this podcast as well as other podcasts, you may go to agjordanmt.com. I hope you have a wonderful day.